Hey, this is Kirk Bowville, and I play Henry Kissinger in Vice, comes out on Christmas Day. And you're listening to Inside Your Head. And I never asked to grow up, so please don't make me do it. I wasn't meant to grow up, don't think I'll make it through it. Things have been going south since I hit puberty. It looks like growing up is just too much for me. Welcome to Inside Your Head. This is Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by soap opera legend of One Life to Live, Bold and the Beautiful, and Passions, and producer of the new documentary, Rocking the Couch, Andrea Evans. It's very cool to have you here. Well, thank you. It's very cool to be here. Good, good. So how did the, uh, how did the documentary come about, and how early on were you involved? Um, well, I was involved in the very beginning. It, it, the way it came right. about is I was having coffee with my good friend, Min Collins, who happens to be one of the other executive producers and the director of the documentary. And um, we've been good friends since he, um, I worked for him as an actress. He was in a film called Hit List about seven years ago. And um, we've been, you know, fast friends ever since. So we were having coffee together as we are wont to do. And the whole Weinstein thing and Cosby thing were kind of at a peak in the news or whatever. And I remember we kind of just both said something like, you know, somebody's going to make a great documentary about this. And we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, um, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how, how long have you known men? How do you, um, I know you said that worked as an actor, but I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, we met when he was directing and producing this, this project called hit list. And um, actually we met right before production. Cause I, for some reason, I was hesitant about taking the role at the time, and he wanted to meet with me to talk to me about it, so we did, and we just hit it off, and he was right. The role was perfect for me. It was a wonderful working experience, and we've just been friends ever since. Mm-hmm. So the people that are involved in the documentary, um, like, how did you get them involved? Were the people you already knew, or did you get the word out um, that you were making the documentary? A lot of them were people I already knew. Um, we we decided to reach out, both men and I, to people that we knew to see if they, they wanted to tell their stories. Um, we basically knew pretty much everybody would have some kind of story. So, um, But we approached and said, if you have a story about this and you would, you would like to tell your story, we would love to have you. And then during the process of that, we started doing interviews. And then my husband came to me and told me, you know, there was this story in the 1990s. Um, you know, not this story, but this actual happening of, of these actresses that took this talent agent um, to court and won. And I'm like, what? I, I, I've never heard of this story. And um, so we then started doing research about it and um, tracking down all the people involved. And that kind of became the centerpiece of our whole documentary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it is weird that the story, I never heard of it uh, until I was watching the movie. And uh, do you right. think it's, it's just because it was so prevalent that no one really talked about it or why do you think things like that never really got out? Yeah. I, you know, I, I was certainly in the business of the nineties in Hollywood when this happened and I knew nothing about it. Um, I don't know why apparently it started to get a little national attention and then it just stopped and then you never heard about it again. And um, I think just a difference of times. I think, you know, there's been a, a shift in a societal shift where we are now paying more attention to these things. Um, maybe it's social media, maybe it's just a progression of people's, you know, of people and how we feel about these issues. 
Um, but right now, it seems to be the time to bring these issues to, to a head and to talk about them. In the 90s, it was still too early. I think we were still judging the victim more than the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's changed. Yeah. Now, since it's your first uh, feature that you produced, right? Correct. So uh, what was it about it that you decided, you know, this is something that I, a project I'd like to produce? You know, I had been wanting to produce, and I had told men that I wanted to, you know, just explore that end of the business. Um, I, I'm one of these actors who's really never done anything else. You know, um, I don't really, I mean, like nothing else for a living. I didn't wait on tables or anything like that. And um, I was just curious to try it out. And and when we came up with the idea for this project, it just seemed natural to do it together. So, so I just kind of threw myself into it and started. Yeah. Is this something you'd like to continue to do? Oh, yeah, I, I truly enjoy it. I mean, um, it was it was, was kind of interesting to be the boss. <laughs> Never <laughs> right. had that experience before. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool. And I really enjoyed it. I also think it was a good um, lesson for my daughter to see as a mother of a daughter. I, I like her to see me um, grow and expand professionally and see something I'm interested in, go after it. I think that's a very valuable lesson for young women to learn. Um, and um, I just I just enjoyed it. So yeah, I want to do more. I mean, acting is my main gig. I love it. It's I've never stopped loving it. I'm not doing this to replace it. It's just um, just a, just another thing to add to the resume. And I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. So what do you think it is about the, the world of, uh, of Hollywood movies, TV, that uh, makes us such a problem. Well, we go into that a bit in the documentary, but I think mm. a lot of it, that, a lot of the reason is, um, you know, if you want to be a lawyer, there is a, there are certain steps you have to follow to become a lawyer. You have to graduate college, then take the LSAT, then go to law school, then pass the bar. Or, you know, if you want to be a doctor, there's, there's being an intern, and residency, and all these other things. There's usually a path on how to to get to where you want to be in your career or to, to find a place in that career for yourself, whether it's interning or, or whatever in the arts and the entertainment industry in particular, there is, there's no path. You know, I I can't tell you how to do it. I can't tell somebody else how to do it. They have to find their own way. And I think unfortunately that leads to a lot of bad situations um like that we hear from you know that we've heard in this in this movie and we've heard in other stories you know there's all it takes is somebody who's really ambitious and wants to get ahead doesn't know how to get ahead and somebody tells them hey i'll help you this is what Mm -hmm. you have to do and um i think because of the very nature of the entertainment business you know it's just prime for that kind of problem Mm -hmm. i thought the dark mirror is really uh, it was fair because it showed a lot of different sides too. Because they talked to a, a young producer who said, you know, he's had women, you know, offer themselves to him. So it shows, you know, how the temptations there, and uh, right. and there's different levels of this because obviously certain things are like illegal and immoral, but then there's right. some things that are more of a gray area. Well, you you touch on two things about the movie that we thought were essential to include. One. We thought it was essential to include a criminal defense attorney, somebody to lay out exactly the differences. Because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but myself as a lay person, I would constantly use the wrong term for sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual harassment. 
you know, they're all different things. And it's, it's very important to be clear on which one you are talking about. Um, the other part that we thought was important, you mentioned Pratash Shah, who we bring in there. We also bring in Carrie Mitchum, who's Robert Mitchum's granddaughter, mm-hmm. who's, you know, because of her pedigree, her family has been in this industry since, you know, since forever. Um, and their purpose was kind of to talk about how it really is, because I do think you know, when the whole Weinstein thing broke and you had these A-list actors on there saying, oh, my gosh, no, I had no idea. Well, you know, that, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has worked in the entertainment industry has seen has seen this happen, knows it exists. Um, it, it was just kind of woven into the, the, the fabric of the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you approve of it, but it, it was certainly there. And there mm-hmm. are people that are willing to make an exchange. That's not who we're talking about. In our yeah. documentary, we are talking about the people who are not willing to make that exchange and what happens to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but in order to understand that, you also have to express the whole story, the whole truth about it. Yeah. And the fact that there are people willing uh, to that exchange, it makes it hard for people who, who aren't because then they have an unfair advantage. Right. It mu- and it muddies the water about what's acceptable mm-hmm. and what is not. It also right. probably... Um, bolsters the 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 courage of the of the perpetrators because they can get away with it here and there and so why can't they get away with it here you know somebody's going to say no to them um so yeah it has a a negative effect all the way around you know but there are always going to be those people and there are people who have made their careers that way those people aren't going to be telling you that but there are people that have gotten breaks because of that 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 is wholeheartedly true Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, it's something that, like, e- even someone who's not in show business at all, uh, they know the term casting couch. And, you know, yeah. they can even reference it. In, mo- in older movies, it would almost be like a joke, you know, presented it as something, depending on the movie, right. almost something you laugh about. So it is something that, that, if people know about it, I'm sorry to interrupt you, people who don't know about it, who don't even have anything to do with movies, that obviously people in the business must, you know, know a lot more. Well, and yeah, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. It was me interrupting you, by the way. And um, uh, But that's another reason we wanted to do it. I remember Min and I talking about it, that, you know, for some reason in the entertainment industry, it is the only industry that has an actual term for it, the casting couch, hence the name of our movie, Rocking the Couch. But um, And if you went into a room of 100 people and you said, and mentioned the casting couch, 99 of them would know what you were talking about, and a good 50 of them would laugh. You know, but it, it it's not funny, and right. it needs to be brought out into the daylight so that that couch can kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a few years ago, I interviewed uh, Richard Stanley, who um, uh, he he directed a bunch of movies. But he told the he he, he told me on the show he's like this is it's going to come out about uh, Harvey Weinstein all stuff. And he told me you know detailed story about an actress that he had in his movie and. and she called him up and said he was at the door trying to let him, uh, said, if you don't, you'll never work again. And then she never, mm-hmm. she never worked again. She let him in. And, uh, uh this right. was way before any of the stuff came out. And I was like, well, wow. So, you know, wow story. And it was just a few months after that when, when it all came out. Yeah, no, we all have these stories and, but you know, social stories have changed. How, how we look at this has changed. I mean, I don't know how, how old you are, but I am certainly old enough to remember the eighties when we all thought Bill Cosby was everybody's dad. 
right? You know, and and to hear that he is not that he's quite the opposite is is shocking. But if somebody back in like 1985 had told me that Bill Cosby was going to go to jail for this, I would have thought they were crazy. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. times have changed, and uh, things change along with them. Yeah, there was even a, a line in the movie someone said that was like uh, on the documentary that. Uh, just because someone's famous or you think they're nice or whatever doesn't mean they are a good person, you know. And that's you know, true. Just, and I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think people do forget that. And as um, as someone is who is you know famous or known to a lot of people, people come up to me and they talk to me like they know me. Mm-hmm. Um, in reality, they don't know me. You know, and um. Uh, luckily, I mean, I like to think I'm not a bad person, so <laughs> right. that's okay. But there are those out there that are not what you see, are not what they are portraying, you know, and may not be the nicest people in, in the world. So just because you know them from from television or film or YouTube or whatever, it does not mean they're a good person. Mm-hmm. It, it's very true. Now, uh, you yourself, did you have any... Uh... Uh, experiences with any of these things uh, throughout your time in the soap operas or, or any other uh, projects? Well, if, if you'll notice, I am listed in the cast. I was yeah. filmed for it. And in films, if you do do the work, you are listed in the cast, whether you are on the cutting room floor or not. To be honest, I cut myself out of the movie because my stories were just not that good. Okay. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I think I fall under the category which uh, Carrie Mitchum was also talking about that I think if you were lucky enough to become successful at a very early age, and I did with daytime became successful as a teenager, um, people really didn't pick on you so much. You weren't, you weren't really a prime target for this, but, or in her, in her case, her, her grandfather, nobody wanted to mess with her grandfather. So it didn't happen to her so much. It's more Mm -hmm. the people I think that are really vulnerable that are trying to get some sort of footing in the business those are the people that usually have the biggest problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, about soap operas quick. Um, wh- what's that experience like to, to be, you know, so you're on a soap, it's not like, even not like just we're a TV show. Cause it's like five days a week. So you're this character mm-hmm. for so long, um, for over, uh, you know, decades. Uh, mm-hmm. like how close do you get to that character and how well, do you keep it fresh to keep playing the same character? But you know, it's really great. And, um, daytime is really the only medium where you have this, where I was fortunate enough with, say, the character of Tina on One Life to Live. I took her from being a teenager to being a middle-aged woman. Mm-hmm. And um, it stays fresh because everything changes. It, it, the character goes through those life changes the same as a, a regular person would go through those life changes. You know, it, it does keep it fresh. It keeps it um, It keeps it changing, you know. And um, you do get very close to the character. She's um, I, I almost feel like they're my, these characters are my little babies, you know, I, I feel very protective of them and very, um, and love each and every one of them for all the different things they are, because each character you play is different, but Tina will always be special because, because of that opportunity, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's never going to come again. And I don't know if those opportunities even exist in, in entertainment so much anymore. You know, so it's, um, I, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. As, and, you know, but there's a lot of enjoyment too in visiting a character for a short amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and taking it through that one story arc. 
But on soap operas, you have so many arcs. The arcs just keep coming. You know, so it's, yeah. it's, you know it, it, I never had a problem with, with keeping it fresh or keeping it interesting because I was always interested in it. I just mm-hmm. enjoy the work. I enjoy the craft and um, just love to do it. Yeah. Do you think soap opera actors sometimes don't get enough credit as an um, actor? Oh, absolutely. But I think all, all, I think a lot of time all kinds of actors don't get the credit okay. they deserve. <laughs> but I think in, in, in daytime or soap operas, you can't even call it daytime anymore because so many, I mean, one right. now the bay, which is on Amazon Prime, which is not daytime, it's prime time, but it's streaming and, you know, it all's changed. But um, a traditional soap opera actor, yeah, I think sometimes don't get enough credit. In, in many ways, it's the hardest that there is, you know, because it has, you have to know your stuff. It's quick, fast, and dirty. You got to get in there, do your stuff, do the best you can, and then move on because that night you get a new script to work on for the next day. You don't yeah, have the, um, the, the luxury right. of spending a lot of time working on each thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. Uh, every day having, you know, um, instead of like a week with your script or weeks, uh, you have the very next day you have to learn all the lines again. Yeah, so it's a very different process. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I enjoy all the processes. I enjoy doing theater. I enjoy doing film. They're all a different process, you know, yeah. and, and that's one of the things I love about what I do is that it, it's never the same. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, uh, Hulu there. Um, how has that changed in uh, in the industry where, where you know they have streaming sites and you know Amazon just used to sell books and now there's shows on there? How has that no, uh, helped yeah. or changed uh, the life of an actor? Well, it's kind of weird now because you know, yeah, like you said, I have The Bay on Amazon and then I have mm-hmm. my documentaries on Amazon and um, yeah, Amazon was where I just you know ordered my uh, coffee pods before you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's and now they're my employer as such, but um, it's very different, you know, the, but the industry changes. And I remember, I mean, again, I've been around long enough to, I remember when, you know, cable came in, when people were recording things, when DVDs came in, you know, it's, everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is going to change things so much. What's going to happen? But you know what? The entertainment the people always want to be entertained. Yeah. So the entertainment industry is just going to evolve. And this is how it's evolving. So I embrace it. Um, I'm, you know, it's a new process for me, but I embrace it and, and enjoy it and love it. And the fact that I could actually produce this documentary and get it on Amazon thrills me, you know, because mm-hmm. now people can see that work. Um, and I think documentaries in particular have really benefit, benefited from streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be hard to find documentaries. You know, mm-hmm. it would be really really difficult to find them now they're all over netflix they're all over amazon um and you can see really really good documentaries um so yeah go ahead uh, i was gonna say i'm a documentary fan and what you said exactly right because it used to be like like a michael moore documentary when you get a a theatrical release but you know a lot of them wouldn't and and so maybe if you had hbo they'd have like you know a few special ones on hbo or something but be very hard to, to find them anywhere. And like I said, that now with all the different streaming sites, because they only need content, uh, they're readily available. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a fan of film, whether it's a documentary or, right. or, so or, or a fictional piece. And, you know, I can sit here at home and say, hmm, I'm in the mood for a documentary tonight. And I can go and I can check and I can find one I want to watch. 
Um, mm-hmm. It didn't used to be so easy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, I think I think documentaries have definitely benefited from this, perhaps more than any other medium. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It, it is weird to be able to watch because it used to be if you missed like a TV show, unless you set your <laughs> you your VCR. It. Yeah, it was like you just right. didn't see it. Maybe if it got uh, on reruns, you'd eventually see it. But now you can miss like whole seasons of shows, and I've done this, and then uh, you know binge watch them, and it's uh, it's a, it's very oh, strange. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. I was very late to the Game of Thrones phenomenon. I must say, I I didn't pay any attention to it until it was right before the final season, and I spent like the last two weeks or whatever binging, getting ready for the final season. Uh, mm-hmm. That would have been impossible you know, even just a few years ago, right. but now yeah. we are binge, you know, and my daughter and I were huge supernatural fans. Well, there's mm-hmm. like 14 years or 15 years or there's seasons or something of supernatural. I think we spent all last year binging <laughs> Super, <laughs> supernatural. It took us forever. There are 23 shows every season and like 14, 15 seasons. Oh my uh-huh. gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of binging. Yeah. I remember even when, uh, you know, even VHS days, like, it was easy to buy a movie, but if you want to watch a show, you'd have to get like 12 sets, you know, just for one, yeah. you know, season or, or a few episodes. Yeah. And even, you know, yeah. you would have took up your house for a whole like uh, 15 seasons of a show. No, it's true, but it's a whole different thing now, you know, and, it, and it's very enjoyable, too. You don't have to wait for the next week yeah. or two for something to come out. You know, it, it's right there. Yeah. Sometimes it's weird because I'll get uh, you get almost depressed when you're like at the last couple episodes. You're like, oh, I only got a couple oh, that's more. Oh, so true. <laughs> After we spent like a year binging Supernatural, when we finally got up to date, we're like, oh, wow, now what do we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what what made you want to become an actor? Was there? You said you love films. Was there particular films that you watch and you're like, this is something I would like to do? You know what? It was always film and TV, and I I just always. I always knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, I just always knew. I I can't tell you anything that made me think I wanted to do it. I just knew I always did. In fact, I remember being really little in my Barbie dolls. I used to reenact movies I would watch on TV on Saturdays with my Barbie and Ken dolls. You know, I'd um, like I remember once in particular watching an old Tarzan movie on a Saturday morning TV show in Chicago. And I remember tying thread to um, my Ken doll's arm and then another thread to the, to the little button you push on the lamp so that he could fly through the air like he does in the jungle. (laughs) 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 I just, I just loved, I loved film and television. Always did. Always knew this is what I wanted to do and have been blessed enough to be able to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you uh, feel it was something that came naturally to you when you started tech? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, never gave it a second thought, just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you that I'm a, you know, I, I'm not a really learned actor from, from lots of acting classes or anything. I just have learned along the way and, and, and love it. And um, like I said, it, it, it constantly... Um, Drills me to get new roles or, or visit old lo- old roles and find a new twist on them. It's it's just something I love to do. Mm-hmm. So you said rocking the couches on uh, Amazon. Uh, is it on other? Yeah. Uh, um, is it on other um, platforms? Why no? Also, it's on Vimeo or Vimeo. I never know how to oh, say yeah. that. Yeah. You okay. yeah, you can go there as well. And I know our distributors are in the process now of negotiating with some other 
other platforms, but we also just went worldwide with Amazon. So we're, nice. we're everywhere on Amazon and um, yeah, it's doing really, really well. Also, I should tell people to remember to watch the Bay on Amazon too, because I'm on that as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what, what is, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with the Bay. What is the, what is the premise of the Bay? The Bay is a streaming soap opera, essentially. It's a streaming okay. primetime soap opera. Um, and, you know, as soap operas have diminished from regular TV, they, they haven't disappeared. The medium's just moved into other directions, the, uh, the Bay mm-hmm. being one. Um, and I think the show has won, I think, 15 Emmys already. Oh wow! Um, so, Congratulations. So it's doing really, really well. Thank you. I um, uh, I wasn't part of those technically. Okay. I just joined this past season, <laughs> All season right. four. But I thank you anyway because it's <laughs> one of my shows, and I'm proud of it. So I hope your audience tunes into that and definitely tunes into uh, Rocking the Couch. Very good. And what's a what's the feedback been like uh, for Rocking the Couch? The feedback's been really good. Like if you go to Amazon, I think we're up to 50 reviews. Oh, nice. And um, about a 4.7 average rating, so it's been pretty well received. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I I uh, I dug it. Found it very interesting. That's very well made, and I really enjoyed thank talking you. to you. Well, thank you. I enjoyed talking to you. Cool. All right. Well, take care. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. Bye. All my high school friends are off in college now. I get high and watch TV all day Living in my mother's basement's really not that bad I got everything I need and I don't pay And I never asked to grow up So please don't make me do it I wasn't meant to grow up Don't think I'll make it through it Things have been going south And playing ball Then came my school classes That I couldn't understand And girls who wouldn't notice me at all But I never asked to grow up So please don't make me do it I wasn't meant to grow up Don't think I'll make it through it Things have been going south But I say not now No, not right now When they say I need to 